Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira, sitting with me. Again is John Teixeira. He tried to get rid of me. He tried to get rid of you, but unfortunately, he's still here, and we are here in the new year. Happy New Year to everybody. We are back from our little holiday hiatus, and a lot has happened since then, right? You know, <laughs> you know why I'm here? Why are you here? Because we are TPM. We are TPM. You were right? not TPM, it, it, and I am it, not TPM. It'd be we weird to just go, TPM. I am TPM. You know, that would change the whole <laughs> dynamic of, the, of, the, <laughs> of everything, really. So, what are we talking about today? Today, we are just going to talk about our general 2024 predictions. Yeah, it's our first show of 2024. Why not? Yeah, why not? We got to get give uh, give some of our knowledge, college. We got to, you know, predict and... and uh, Put some forecasts out there and tell everybody what's going to happen in the future. I got my crystal ball here today. Um, John's got his crystal ball here today. His I'm little, mine. I'm warming his, it his up. It's a little dirtier. I'm warming it up. <laughs> Defrosting uh, if, Before we get into it, if you guys have any questions about any of our predictions, want to get somebody to manage your great, great old rental property, kick somebody out of your rental property or whatever the heck you might need with it. Give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. Let's get into it. 2024, we are here. You know, before we get into it, this this is, I really want to um, kind of reset the year, right? This was kind of a reset podcast. Let's start, let's talk about the coming year. But but going forward in our podcast, I'm really looking forward to, to kind of stepping back and kind of starting over with our wealth building stories, right? Mm-hmm. Doing more interviews with with people that that they can that our audience can relate to other people because they're just like them. Um, I just I'm looking forward to this year and really putting some effort into really sharing not just our expertise and our opinions, but sharing the stories of others that are succeeding at different levels mm-hmm. in both wealth building and real estate. So you're predicting what we're going to do. I'm predicting that we're going to do that. Well, yes. That's bold. That's yes, very that's bold. a good idea. We're unpredictable out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so 2024, where do you want to start with this uh, predictions? We, we ended 2023 on... Let's start there. Good, Go ahead. Good terms, let's, right? Let's talk about where we are, where we've been in the past year, and, and move forward from there. Well, part of our hiatus was because I had a because I had a kid, right? You so had a that, baby. The little baby was. I'm a, a, I'm a grandfather now. Grandfather, I'm a father now. You know, a lot has changed since our last podcast. I think you're was, a little bit more tired than you used yeah, to. Yeah, I got a little bit bigger bags under my eyes, you know. But you know, it is what it is. We're gonna get through this year. We're gonna, you know. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through the next one. You'll get through them all, just like (laughs) everyone does. So 2023 ended, as far as the rental sale, you know, real estate market, ended kind of on a transition point, in my opinion. Um, And that is transitioning from the, you know, uncertain high interest rate, Increasing interest rate environment, decreasing inventory, um, you know, just everything kind of coming to a standstill towards the end of the summer of 2023. Um, when, like we've been saying, is kind of just 2024, the beginning of it's going to show us where we go from here. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I can even say it. I can say I think exactly what I think you were trying to say in a different way. How's this? That's 
exactly this. what I this is the to John. Do. This is the John way of saying it. Last year was all about King Biden. This year is going to be about the election cycle. We love election cycles in real estate, don't we? Last year, they did whatever <laughs> they wanted. They did whatever they wanted to continue to divide wealth in um, in America, which is which is the goal of what I believe the people in charge are looking for. Divided wealth. Yep. Increasing the wage gap. Increasing the wage gap, getting rid of as much of the middle, the wealth in the middle class as possible, which is the one thing that makes our country unique. Yep, and it's been happening for years. But that uh, that that's a that's a, that's like a century. That's like a twenty first century prediction. You know, like we <laughs> can dive in. I don't just know. This it's year. happening pretty quick right now, to be honest. Yeah. Well, uh, buying up all the real estate. You know, there. That's been happening for years too. So, so if I if I were to look back on 2023, Kyle, and if you asked me regarding what we do, regarding rental management or wealth building with real estate, just you know, my brain's all wrapped up in the weeds of of actually managing properties and tenants and so forth. So, if you were to ask me, give it one word of one one thing that was extremely different about 2023 and i would i would say the word that comes to mind is affordability affordability for I sure i think affordability finally caught up with people it couldn't we knew it couldn't sustain the levels that things were rising at and i think it finally hit its peak and um i think that's part of my prediction is that affordability will become less of an issue in 2024. It's not going to be fixed. It's not going to be solved in 2024. But I think it will just feel less painful than it did last year. I somewhat agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. In, in the part I agree with is that affordability hit its peak towards the middle or end of 2023. However, mm-hmm. I think the effects of affordability tail about three to six months so when the affordability hits its peak you know the defaults and delinquencies that come with that take time and take time to to you know show their ugly head and and the results of the affordability problem you know follow out i think you're going to continue into 2024 um, as far as people being able to afford their rentals afford their mortgages all that stuff is still a problem Mm -hmm. Um, it's more of the origination part of that like is affordability at origination hit its peak i think that it has um and just to describe what, what I mean by that is like the cost of originating that mortgage or s- moving into a rental property versus what you can afford. Those things have hit their peak because rates are starting to go down. Rent rates are starting to, you know, uh, be stagnant or go down. Um, while, you know, not saying wages are skyrocketing or anything, but the, the thing, the factors of affordability at the origination of these these items um, has has definitely hit its peak. I, I I believe and I hope, but you know, economic factors can change and it could keep going back up. So, can, can you repeat that? The whole thing? I'm just kidding. I'm joking <laughs> with you. So, um, the so uh, the I'm sitting here thinking that the um, I lost what I was thinking actually, Kyle. While you're still thinking about reset. it, maybe this is a good episode to to use Steve's disclaimer of this is not uh, 
you know, opinion. These, these, these are opinions. Our crystal and ball is, <laughs> works just as well as everyone else's. This is not based on historical fact. It is, uh, you know, this is this is opinions and not financial advice. Uh, do your own research. Blah blah blah. Whatever. The, this is for entertainment purposes only. Whatever uh, Charles Schwab and all those people put at the bottom of the really long ads, uh, you know, ditto to that. So. <laughs> So back to what I was thinking because I remembered what it was. See, Sorry I gave about you that. The time. Thank I you very like much. The buffer. I I think I think one of the things that's coming this year is people, and this started last year, and I think we're going to get more of it this year because, as we said, affordability. What I mean by affordability going easing off is rental rates are not going to continue rising and haven't been continue rising. In most markets and most neighborhoods, the way they were, right, kind of started to level off and even slide back, depending on where you are. I actually have some neighborhoods where they are still rising. But mm-hmm. overall, for the most part, either flattened out or maybe even settling back a little bit. And because of that, investors are looking at increased expenses in insurance and taxes and saying to themselves, if my rents are going down, and my taxes and insurance are going up, my cash flow is shrinking. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that are cash flow minded and to to come up to use a, one of our old podcast titles, don't appreciate the appreciation, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and are, are f- solely focused on that cash flow. I think those are the people that are going to start, if they haven't already, they're going to start running scared and getting, maybe getting out of the game or... Or realizing their losses, we've talked about that as well. Well, in cash flow, you're, you're talking about cash flow, so it's not just because your cash flow sinks doesn't mean you have to realize losses. You, you when they dispose of these things and realize their gains, they finally yeah. appreciate gains, their appreciation. Yeah. So, and you, you know, ideally there is gains because if your <laughs> if your cash flow is shrinking due to taxes and insurance and all that, then you bought it back when it was at a lower price, at a lower tax. You know, taxes are based on appraised value. So your appraised value has gone up. Your sale value has gone up, um, ideally. So, um, And realizing it, it does this, right? If I'm thinking back on some old podcasts today. I've been getting nostalgic. Remember, we used to talk about the tree of wealth, right? Mm-hmm. We used to use that as an analogy for planting planting this tree so that it could start building wealth for you and, and how sometimes it goes through growth spurts and sometimes it doesn't, but it's still growing and you still need to just let it grow, right? Um well, if you chop that thing down and drag it off and and turn it into firewood and and take your take your money for whatever it's worth, that's what I mean by realizing it, right? Whether it's a gain or a loss doesn't really matter. You've basically stopped that tree from building wealth for for you any longer. It's true. And yeah. that's what I wish uh, sometimes when people talk about selling for this reason or that reason, I wish people would sometimes look at the big picture for their own sake. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm 72 years old, well, there's good reasons. There can be good reasons. There can be. Yeah, if know I'm, your reasons, if right? I'm 72 years old, I'm on a fixed income and, and, and I'm just retired and, and my wife just died and I don't have that much money and, and I've got four rental properties I've been sitting on. Well, maybe that's the time to start cashing in on it so that you can live out the rest of your life in, in a great way financially. Yeah. Especially in different interest rate environments. So, um, you know, and that's that's part of our prediction here. You know, I, I've seen a lot of other people's predictions. Um, they're not much different than what people were predicting this time last year, um, except for the fact that we actually have some 
some movement from the Fed of, you know, not increasing it. And they've actually said, <clears throat> I believe they've actually said that they intend to scale it back over they, the course of this year. They do. But I, based on what they said, I, I believe it's actually going to be till the tail end of the year. Um, they've even kind of said that the optimistic people in our world hope that it will be at the beginning end of the year. But you don't, you don't think uh, our king and lord up there in Washington, D.C. is not going to want to uh, um, make the economy better for the election cycle. Has he actually been in Washington, D.C. at all? I, I have no idea, <laughs> to be honest with you. I never have. That's true. Um, I mean... Side note, did you know Washington, D.C. is the cheapest city in the entire country to visit? Really? Yeah, because almost everything there is free. Hmm. Nothing's free in this country. Well, so. when I say free, I mean like when you go do stuff there for you go spend three, four days there and go to Lincoln Memorial and the White House or whatever, the Capitol building, all that stuff is free. It doesn't cost you anything to get in or it costs you a minimal amount of money. Hmm. Anyways, well, it should, side note. I mean, like at least the one place we should be able to go see historical stuff for free is in our capital, right? Where we pay taxes. I imagine taxes have it paid built. for that, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? Um, That's what I try to tell you when I drive all over the road. I paid for all of these lanes and everything. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I don't believe, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a few years now. I mean, with these interest rates and the Fed speaking, I don't believe anything they're saying, right? Um, you, you know, my prediction is uh, they will change what they say. I, I will predict very strongly <laughs> with a high level of confidence that whatever the Fed is telling us right now will change <laughs> at multiple points in 2024. But, but they are acknowledging affordability. They are acknowledging that inflation has hit a point where they need to scale it back and 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 there's a lot of talk about deflation. Tell us, do you, can can you speak to deflation? Because there's a lot of talk about it. A lot yeah. of people are, are a lot of buzz about how bad is deflation going to be, and um, how bad is it going to hurt the economy? Things you don't want to predict, just like you know, in, in a similar sense to inflation, because it it tails right. Um, and it can be good, but it can be extremely bad. Um, it can be, you know, rapid deflation is way worse than rapid inflation. Um, and that's because things collapse um, financially. Uh, your, our financial system cannot handle rapid deflation. It just simply cannot. It cannot handle most things. Um, but, you know, at this point, it's basically a magic trick of, of <laughs> money making with what they do. Um, so what they can make it handle is a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but while they're fixing things, how much the value of my pocketbook goes up and down yeah. Is, yeah. is heavily affected, right? So um, most... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say most people that I've heard think that over the course sometime this year that we're going to get back down into the high fives, at least the low sixes on interest rates. Again, that's trying to predict something. We have no idea if that's going to happen. But what I want to say is, suggest is if that happens, the pent-up demand of people wanting to buy and sell that are not happening this year is going to have a very positive change to the values of homes. It will, and it, it helps cash flows too. Um, and I've, I've had investors, you know, executing on this strategy is that their break even on cash flow is zero right now, which in most most 
you know, I mean, these are these are more bold investors, of course, not the extremely conservative ones. But you buy houses at a zero at a net zero cash flow um, at a seven five interest rate with the expectation that in nine months you can refinance it for, you know, mid fives, low sixes. It doesn't seem to make sense to most people. But when you think about it, at a three hundred thousand dollar house at an average home price, that interest rate change on your refinance is going to change your cash flow by four to six hundred dollars, um, which is huge. You know, most you know, in, in five years ago, we weren't targeting even four to six hundred dollar cash flows on mm-hmm. a conservative basis. People were targeting you know two to three hundred. Um, you know, and a lot's changed since then. You know, turnover costs, uh, repair cost, every anything with everything, anything that has cost in the word. Um, you know, mm-hmm. anything cost has gone up, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but deflation is a concern because that changes that a little bit. Um, and it's a deflation is probably an even more complex conversation than inflation is, uh, because inflation really only goes one way. I don't know. That's a weird way to say it, but deflation can be a lot more rapid. It can like small movements in deflation can cause huge has have huge effects in certain markets. Um, if that, yep. I don't know. This is a prediction episode. Yep. I can, we I can do a whole episode on deflation and I don't most think, people probably don't even know what it means. Yeah. I don't think deflation in my entire lifetime has ever been anything anybody's spoken about until now. Well, I don't think it, I've ever even heard the term. It's not generally, like, is it underst- real? Is that a real it's term? not generally understood <laughs> and it's, it's things not, don't go down. They go up. Yeah. Well, Tell that to the people uh, marking, uh, <clears throat> writing up books every month and marking them to market, right? And seeing if they're, uh, if they're, what they've loaned out versus mm. the asset value yeah. is, yeah. Uh, is taking an upward trend or a downward trend. So, so how about this prediction, Kyle? What do you think about this one? I've been thinking a lot about this. You and, you and I have talked about this. The short term rental market, I feel like. And this is a lot of this is gut. Some of this is just from reading the da- data and and having so many short term rentals that we manage and seeing what has happened to it, happened to them. It seems like disposable income is not being disposed of <laughs> as, at the same rate as it was. Right? There isn't much. Yeah, I mean, it, and that affects the short term rental market. And I think what we're going to see is what we have seen is. An expansion into the market because it's one of those Uber type of markets where anybody can get into it, right? Anybody can be an Uber driver. Anybody can go set up an Airbnb. And and so that's what was happening until last year. And I think last year you started to see a little bit of a contraction of that. And I think we're going to see more of that this year. I think we will because 2023's data is very interesting. It shows, I mean, it's a lot of people ran from the short-term rental market just because it kind of like the real estate market it wasn't just throw it up and make money right you had to actually do it right and treat it right host it right all those it's a business it's a real business which started in 2022 and we kind of we 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 talked about that last year but 2023 now that we have all the data from the year shows a huge gap between the successful listings and the not like there's like a high end and a low end now. The medium grade ones that were just throwing it up and making money don't exist anymore. Um, and that's because, yeah, demand went down because disposable income went down. We are talking about a luxury spending market where people own like 
long-term rentals, you know, people need a place to live. People don't have to go on vacation and rent an Airbnb. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing that means you have to do that. Right. Um, so in business travel, which was what Hmm. propped this up in, Hmm. in low disposable income markets pre 2020 has never recovered since COVID. Like it, it is, it's just the whole structure of how businesses operate with business travel and all those things has completely changed. Um, To your point, it's not just business travel, but think about it. You know, I was always amazed of Kyle, and this is interesting that all the different associations that are out there that you couldn't, you couldn't even fathom how many associations there are and they have events in different places for different reasons, whether it's their annual convention or their East Coast meeting and their West Coast meeting or whatever it is. I mean, like there are so many of those previous to COVID and all of it got shut down in COVID. And I feel like what probably happened and what I know happened in some instances is you have all these ancillary things, events happening. Let's just call them events by way of associations, sporting events, cheerleading, whatever it is, right? And a certain percentage of those probably didn't survive and make it back post-COVID. And so there's less people traveling to and from these events because of it. Yeah, and it's the last thing to recover. I mean, you're talking more about entertainment events. Well, entertainment events have recovered and will will recover a lot quicker than business travel and, and that kind of thing. Because during COVID, these businesses had to completely change on both ends on the... Uh, hosting side and the people who come to it and all that. Um, some of these jobs just completely went away. So they'd have to completely change their business structure for a year or two. You know, those things don't just get switched back immediately because everybody's got to do it and that takes time. Yeah. So that was one of the things that's always propped up to call it the travel and hotel industry, which is now the short-term rental industry as well. Um, that just isn't at what it, what it used to be. So, but people are still traveling, you know. <laughs> There's there the it's kind of like a few of these markets we're going to talk about, but the you know, we started last year and really midway through 2022 in just a saturated short-term rental market. There was way too much inventory and demand was going down. Well, inventory has gone down. You know, people ran, you know, people stopped creating as much, you know, they're not there's not new ones going up constantly. So while that has gone down with demand, that kind of helps sustain it and stabilize it. Um, but, you know, everything was affected in the short-term rental market. So I predict that we will have more, that 2024 will be more of a stabilization because while recognizing the disposable income is, is going down and at a low inventory is also going down because people look at right. the market and they're like, all right, well, right. we're not jumping into this. So exactly, it's going to be a lot more of the, the players who have done well, even through this are going to do even better, do even better or do continue to do good, but probably even them not adding as much inventory as before. So, yeah. um, you know, we're being really careful about where we add short term rental inventory for sure for, for that reason. But yeah. Um, so, all right. So, if we kind of summarize some of our predictions, affordability is still going to be around, maybe eased a up problem. a little bit. Interest rates, sure to go down, and that will bring inventory and real estate activity up. I do strongly believe they're not going to go up anymore. You know, so that's, that's what, a positive, that, right? So okay. the interest rates aren't going to increase in 2024. 
Um, because, you know, it, it's also... You, you mentioned it being an election year. So what the Fed does, you know, they're an independent independent entity. <laughs> you know, they don't do what they do at that. instruction of the executive office. I'm right? laugh you say that. But at the same time, they have to be prepared for like, like Jay Powell, right? Let's just get into that. Jay Powell, the head of the Fed, I don't see him being the head of the, the chairman of the Fed. After this election cycle, regardless of who wins, I think he gets replaced or he retires or he doesn't want to do this crap anymore, right? He's had probably one of the most hectic if seats. If you think that they're not all puppets to whoever's in there, whether it's a, a Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. They're all puppets to whoever's in there. Oh, I do. But Jay Powell has sat on, as the chairman of the Fed through Trump and Biden, right? And mm. it hasn't changed much of their economic planning for so either way, I think, but he can't be replaced by either of those people, you know? <laughs> so, um, I don't know what they do in preparation for a possible change in regime in regime could is way harder to predict. Change right. Change in regime. I um, like it. Like if, you're starting to talk like me. If, well, the Fed, if, if, if the Fed chairman thinks that they're about to have a complete change in policy, and a new person sitting in it, right? That stuff can't change in a day. They It'll may change their way of thinking, right? Exactly. And it no, might not, though. No, I mean, it may <laughs> not affect too much what they do because that isn't the main drivers to their decision making. But if they're on the fence on something and they got this guy over here or they got this guy over here, that might sway them just a little one way or the other. Yeah, right? but I, I will sit here and say my last thing I'm going to really try to predict is the Fed because, okay, you know, go for trans- it. Inflation was transitory two years ago, right? And that was probably <laughs> anyone with uh, you know twenty twenty vision or not blind um, could see that that was. I was blind. You were blind. Yep. Yeah. No, I was blind. You didn't believe but that now either. Now I see. So now you see. Yeah. <laughs> um, it feels transitory, right? Every time I spend. Does that mean they're homeless? Dollars at Chick Fil A. Huh? Does that mean they're homeless? Who? The inflation is homeless. It's homeless. And you said transitory, isn't that? Never. It hasn't transitioned anywhere. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't um, even know what you're saying there, but uh, yeah, so interest rates are not people. going up, going down. I think home rates, in my opinion, will probably stagnate for that reason um, if interest rates were continuing to go up, uh, you know, we'd see lower home prices. But because they're going down, we're going to see if they go down rapidly like very rapidly, we're going to, which is probably why this is not going to happen. You will see a frenzy again of, you know, home inventories going up and prices going up really quickly. We'll be right back to where we were in 2021. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. That would be stupid. I, I hate that all that stuff that happened, but I do firmly believe that there is an enormous pent up, ready to go amount of people ready to buy and ready to sell that aren't doing it for all the reasons we've talked about all the economic reasons. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons not to do anything, which is why our activity is down this year so much. And so it may not even take much of a move in interest rate to create a little bit of a frenzy. It won't, but yeah, I mean, if we, the, I don't think this is going to happen, but for example, the like if we got into the fives before summer, oh goodness, like that would That'd be hectic. Be, that we'd would be, be right make back for a crazy summer again. We'd yep. be right back to July of 2021, right? Where you know 
inventory is skyrocketing and prices are skyrocketing with it, right? But, I mean, we've spent... They've done what they've done over the last two years to stop that and to stall that and to send it the other way. It'd be pretty stupid to just throw a fire sure. throw it back on the fire which is why my prediction is that they will start decreasing them at the tail end of summer even maybe during summer but i don't think that they will have much more than uh, i don't think in all honesty i don't think they'll decrease them until that point but you know i may be wrong by a couple basis points but significant decreases i don't see until the end of the year so and and i say this because you're going to see a lot of people are out there predicting um, especially in our industry, that they will go down starting at the beginning of the year. And I think that's just trying to spark interest and movement in the market. So so so, so if you're thinking about what you should be doing based on all these predictions, I have I have a little bit of a of, of a message. And I'm gonna use can I use my, my Tesla story a little bit to as an analogy maybe because this I don't know if this will help people if people can use this as an analogy for their for their their real estate buying decisions. Elon Musk was selling the Model S that I wanted for $140,000 a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. It was a year ago. And there was no way I was paying that much money for a car. Like, that's almost a house. Like, I'm not doing it. That's crazy. Now he's got that same Model S. I can pick that thing up for like $68,000, $72,000. That's still a lot of money for a car. But the point is, <clears throat> because interest rates went up, I feel like, I don't know that this was his thing, but I feel like he brought it down to make it more affordable so that he can continue selling them. <clears throat> While the interest rates were going up, his prices were going down. I also feel like because of that, he wants that Model S to be exclusive model. It will go back up as interest rates go back down. And so just like houses right now is a great time to buy houses, get better deals, get, if you're a first time home buyer to get contributions from, from, um, sellers, it is, seems like a kick in the gut when you're at the closing table and you're about to pay, you know, seven and a half percent for an interest rate and your, your, your mortgage payment is going to be higher than you've ever paid in rent. I get it. But if you wait till what we're talking about later on in the year when things going crazy, now you're gonna it's gonna be more difficult to buy. Your price is gonna be higher. Sellers are not gonna be as flexible with terms. Buy now while all that works in your favor, and then refinance in nine months or a year down the road when interest rates are more favorable. Just like I'm thinking about doing with the Tesla, right? Buy it now. While the price is low, I'm going to get kicked in the pants on my interest rate, but I know that it's going to come down. I can refinance it next summer. Hmm. Yeah. That's my thought. I like that thought, but. A Tesla isn't an investment. Let's, 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 a Tesla let's, is let's, not an appreciating <laughs> asset. But that's let's the state difference. that right now that I do not predict that's that you will make difference. money off your Tesla purchase. I'm, okay, I'm um, gambling. If I do that, it's more of a gamble than it would be with real estate. No, I was just using it. It's not a gamble. Gamble has an opportunity <laughs> to make money. I don't think you uh, have that. But no, <laughs> he said no. Gambling does not. No, because my <laughs> my current Tesla also went down and it's underwater too because of all this. Hey, well, you know. <clears throat> there's your testament. So, um, but I mean, you never know the, the buy now thing that you just said is true. Um, because I'll tell you this, it, there's a high level of confidence that home prices aren't going to 
go down when interest rates go down, right? And there's a higher level of confidence that interest rates aren't going to go up anymore and that they're probably they're going to be going down by the end of the year. Now, how rapidly that happens, we don't know. I don't even think the Fed knows because they're balancing way too many things. This affordability problem is also something that plays into their decisions, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, if the economy gets too bad or looks like it's about to fall off a cliff, they're going to do what they did last time. They're going to drop interest rates and ignore the real estate market problem. And Jobless claims are not a problem yet. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do by summer? So uh, I think it'll be the most telling first and second quarter we've had in a couple of years. Um, but... You know, we could be here in six months talking about the same thing. So <laughs> I don't know how much money they're going to print between now and then. I've you, tried. I've stopped trying to predict that figure. You have any other predictions for twenty twenty four? I don't know. I predict that my grandson's going to get even cuter than he is right now. That is true. I'm, I predict that he's going to sleep a lot more than he does right <laughs> yeah. now. So that's that's, uh, that's more of a hope than a prediction, I think. Um, <laughs> I predict I'm going to own more real estate by the end of the year. Uh, How about yes. you, John? Yes, I think I predict that both of us are going to own more real estate before the end of the year. I also have a final prediction <clears throat> that one of those hazelnut truffle chocolate things in front of us is going to go in my stomach before I leave the studio. Yep. Steve, Steve's got us some candy. So, um, well, I predict we'll be back in here doing more podcasts, you know, I'm looking forward to it, Kyle. I really want to bring, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback over, um, the holidays. (laughs) Look at this. Look at this. Is this, a, is, this a, is this our Christmas gift, our New Year's gift? Oh, For everybody listening, that. Steve wow. just, uh, instead of teasing us with one hazelnut, he just gave us an entire box that's, of that's hazelnut nice chocolate. Thank you so. very much, Steve. I predict um, that I will be eating hazelnut chocolate in my future. <laughs> I predict a sugar high. Um I forgot what we were saying, what we were talking about. Owning more real estate. Owning more real estate. I definitely think that we'll both own more real estate and... Um, and continue building wealth with real estate, continue building our business and continue helping other people build wealth. It doesn't matter what the economic conditions are. We are going to keep doing what we do. Stay focused on what we do. We will always adjust how we do it Mm -hmm. um, with the micro economy that we're currently in. But it's in general, the big picture is exactly the same. Yep. Stay the course. Stay the course. And we, we do actually put, our money where our mouth is, right? We, we do these things we talk about on this podcast. Sometimes when we say our investors are, uh, you know. Sometimes they're us. They're, they're, sometimes they're <laughs> us. You know, we have to keep it vague for the point of the show, but a lot of times they are us. So um, if you want to talk about what we are actually doing or uh, where we're actually putting our money or our predictions where our mouth is, right, uh, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. And also... Shoot us an email if y'all have if y'all want any topics in 2024, questions you want us to answer, um, experiences you want us to go through. Um, we shoot us an email. Show me the money at wertpm.com. We might go over that topic. You might get answers to exactly what you want to know. You know what? We've um, gotten lots of feedback during this holiday season while we were kind of off and not posting podcasts. We've gotten lots of feedback from people that we didn't even realize were following us and asking about you know 
our upcoming shows and and you know there's people out there listening to this for some reason kyle i know so if you want an episode like you want an episode tailored specifically to you guys um these things are extremely well thought out so you know (laughs) (laughs) we think about them for all like three minutes before we show up at the studio we will try we, we want to try to do some that people come to us with so uh on that note Give us a call, 817-818-9039. We are TPM. Show me the money at We Are TPM. And we are out.